Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sheila Zielinski Show. The date is September 17th, 2020, and I want to jump right into the program and bring on my guest. I'm really excited to have him back on, the award-winning host of Climate Hustle. And speaking of Climate Hustle, we're going to talk about a very exciting event next week. He is the author of one of my favorite books, the highly acclaimed The Politically Incorrect Guide to Climate Change. He is really one of the highest profile voices of climate realism in the world today. He currently serves as the executive editor and chief correspondent for CFAC, award-winning ClimateDepot.com, which he founded in 2009. He's a frequent guest on radio and television, including CNN, Fox News, BBC. He's been profiled in the New York Times, Esquire, Rolling Stone, and numerous others. Too many to list. He really is one of our favorite good friends of the program. He's one of my favorite people. His intelligence, common sense, and wit is an exceptional combination. The one and only Mark Morano is back on the program. Mark, welcome back to the show, my friend. Thank you very much, Sheila. Happy to be here. Hey, listen, by the way, great job on Tucker Carlson last night. Thanks. It was a lot of fun. You know, we basically were, he showed good clips of Joe Biden actually saying that if Donald Trump's reelected, expect a lot more bad storms and fires and hurricanes and <laughs> floods. We've now reached the low information voting age where people think they can go vote for better weather in November, what they go vote. So it's, we have reached just, it's a bizarre world. Well, it kind of ties into what Obama tweeted out. Vote like your life depends on it because it does. You could die if you don't vote yeah. for Joe Biden. In fact, if you don't vote for Joe Mark, you'll probably see a lot more fires. And Biden actually said wildfires show that Trump doesn't deserve re-election. He calls him a, a climate arsonist. And then he has this bizarre speech that was filled with one falsehood after another. And he claims, of course, that air quality is killing people, air pollution and COVID. I mean, this is bizarre world, isn't it? I mean, this is, it's almost like a protection racket, Sheila. This is the politicians now saying, you better pay up, you better vote this way, or I can't control what that climate's going to do. It's going to, it's going to come back and get you. The floods, (laughs) the droughts, the hurricanes. If you vote our way, if you put us in power, we can keep the climate at bay for you. We'll pass the Green New Deal and you'll you'll have to pay up though for all these, all the stuff we're going to do. You pay us, make us wealthier. And we'll take care of that climate for you. Yeah, this is what they go. They go around store to store and what the mob used to do and do the protection (laughs) racket where you had to pay up or your store would be vandalized. Well, now they're saying you have to pay up, give us power or your life will be destroyed. Your home will be leveled by tornadoes or floods or hurricanes. I mean, again, and they're serious. They say this stuff with a straight face. It's this is the lowest information voter appeal I've ever seen by a national politician. Really? took no time for these usual parasites and vultures to swoop in and try to make a big political advantage out of it. Barack Obama, vote like your life depends on it. Yes. I mean, is this is this shocking to you at all? Well, no, it's not shocking anymore. I guess it's just, it, yeah. well, there's two things here. But first of all, I want to talk about wildfire. Second of all, I want to talk about what's happened in the media world just in the last seven years. I mean, it's a totally different place because, you know, I used to be able to get on BBC, CNN, MSNBC, ABC. I mean, there was actually they would actually host debate shows there was actually legitimacy they would legitimize both sides now it's not even an option that's how you end up with this just nutty you know, claims first of all yeah. the wildfires 
the last thing in the world you could sit there and say is, oh, that's due to climate change. Why? Because they claim that droughts are increasing and the temperature and that this is causing the, the fires are much worse. It's all because we haven't arrested global warming. Well, first of all, we have, allegedly, because we passed the UN Paris Agreement. We know because John Kerry, President Obama, Al Gore, UN officials all said we did it. We went against all odds. Guess what? Right after they did that and celebrated that we saved the planet, they said it was no longer enough and we need to do a lot more. So first of all, you can never save the planet. They always want more. Second of all, on every measure that Obama and Biden is claiming from the droughts, even the United Nations admits droughts are on either no trend or declining trends. Peer-reviewed studies show that. Same with forest fires were dramatically higher 100 years ago, 80% higher. Dramatic reductions. Drought in California used to last for centuries in previous times. The New York Times used to report on this kind of stuff. California is, is actually in a wet period in the last 100 years compared to where it's been in the hundreds of years prior to that. So there's nothing unusual about California weather. Wildfires aren't even a good measure of climate because you're dealing with land use, you're dealing with forest management, you're dealing with logging, you're dealing with development, you're dealing with local politicians, you're dealing with human interaction. Up to 70% of the fires are started by humans. The rest is usually started by lightning. So there are so many factors, dense overgrowth, the no use movement, the letting these forests grow. To sit here and try to blame climate is just unscientific, insulting to anyone's intelligence, the lowest grade politics. But of course, that's the first place that they've gone to. And I don't, I'm not surprised Biden saying this or Obama, but it's just amazing that the mainstream media, there's just zero scrutiny of this. It's just accepted as gospel. Well, and then you see, of course, Newsom, he's issuing this dire warning. It's here now. We got to get our act together on climate change. Newsom did this video and he's under this apocalyptic orange sky, like a scene out of yeah. Mad Max. I mean, it's absolutely frightening. The media coverage, Mark's been totally irresponsible. You know, they always say this 99% of scientists agree on what? There's absolutely no scientific consensus about man-made climate change. 99% of scientists agree that what? They don't agree on it? I mean, it's just, it's propaganda. Yeah, in fact, what we've seen even with the COVID lockdowns and the COVID policy, the COVID mask mandate, all this stuff, we had Stanford Nobel Prize winning epidemiologists internationally renowned originally speaking out on this, saying, wait a minute, this is not right. What's going on here? We don't shut down an entire society and there's these numbers, these models. They were vilified. They were pulled off of media outlets. They were blacklisted. They were yeah. smeared. Same thing we've been seeing for years in the climate debate. And the commonality, not that a virus is similar to climate, but the commonality here is when big public health in the case of COVID or big science or big climate in the case of global warming speaks, this is lobbying for political ends. And they're using science and or a viral scare to, to achieve the same thing, which is enrichment and of their power. So this is how they come up with the 97% of claims. Because at this point, if you were under retirement age and you express any skepticism of climate, your career's toast, you're done. We've had a professor, Dennis Rancourt, you lose your tenure. It, there, you get stripped of everything if you don't go along with the system. So it is an amazing 
thing. And then they claim, well, look at that. The only ones speaking out, the ones who answer us, they 97% of And then you find out that 97%, in one case, was only 77 anonymous scientists. And then you find out it was only two questions. Is the temperature of the earth risen in the last 150 years? And has man contributed? Which most skeptics would agree with. I mean, you know, contributed is a, is a loose word. It could be, you know, you can't even measure the contribution of humans to temperature. Humans can impact the earth, obviously, through forestry, land use, and, and other policies development. But in terms of temperature, you can't. So we're finding that these the 97% is just a crafted talking point meant to silence opposition. It's just amazing. And I will say this, I publicly went to Las Vegas a month ago to the Doctors for Disaster Preparedness meeting. I made a formal apology, Sheila, <laughs> in the vein of Michael Schellenberger's apology for being a climate alarmist. Remember when he apologized yeah. for promoting the climate scare? Well, I came out and I said, I apologize for saying that the climate solution threat the Green New Deal, UN Paris, was the greatest threat to human liberty. I now rescind that because I didn't see it coming. The threat of viruses, the COVID-19 viral threat, viral fears are now the greatest threat to our liberty. We are setting up a medical dictatorship, a medical technocracy where unelected bureaucrats are determining every aspect of our lives to what we're forced to strap on our face, to what we can wear when we go out, to whether we can have a funeral, a wedding, a family reunion, a Labor Day picnic, something that we didn't even contemplate the climate activists ever going that far. They've achieved this overnight and they are relishing lockdown two, lockdown three. Most of the public happily complies. We have the Speaker of the UK House of Commons just come out and say, we need to do climate lockdowns because I didn't realize the public would be this compliant and obedient with the COVID lockdowns. We got to expand this now to include climate. I think the public <laughs> is disgusting right now what they're willing to accept. Yeah, you're so right. And, you know, even the Pope came out and said COVID-19 pandemic could be nature's response to climate change because of human beings <laughs> ignoring the ecological crisis. And you know, when we look at the fact that climate change mark is governed by hundreds of factors, volcanoes, wind oscillations, solar activity, ocean cycles, volcanoes, it goes on and on. But yet CO2 is always this insidious villain. When you look at the fact we had higher temperatures and an ice age at a time when CO2 emissions were 10 times higher. But look at all these tipping points. The United Nations, even in 89, the rhetoric to the public was these climate tipping points. Remember, Elizabeth May said, the Canadian Green Party, we have hours to prevent it. Gordon Brown, we have a year yes. to prevent it. Prince Charles, 96-month tipping point. James Hansen, all these idiots. Gavin, oh, by the way, I want to get into Gavin the Hack Schmidt. Quite the tweet about you, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was specifically about me refusing to wear masks. I've been forced to wear masks in Las Vegas casinos and when I fly, and I've done it uh, you know, at a bank meeting and a few places. But generally, if I go into a grocery store, Walmart, I refuse. At my website, I have studies going back to the 1970s that show that against viruses, masks don't even help in hospital medical settings. Right. In fact, they had higher rates because you would end up fussing with your mouth more and you and introduce viruses because you're constantly adjusting it. And also you end up letting your guard down and not doing the other more standard medical practices like washing your hands regularly and others because you think, oh, I have a mask on. But I, I vowed that. So Gavin Schmidt, this is the lead NASA global warming scientist who, by the way, has gone political in the past. He's advocated a carbon tax. He's totally into the policy end of this. His predecessor was James Hansen, who was arrested half a dozen times protesting global warming, who endorsed a book calling for ridding the world world of industrial civilization, who signed on 
the kids' lawsuits, elementary school lawsuits against the federal government. That just gives you an idea of what's happening at NASA. In his division, there's scientists who are now warning about white supremacy as the cause of climate change under Gavin Schmidt. I mean, this is who Gavin Schmidt is. This is who he's surrounding himself with, all this nonsense. He called out and came out and called me a sociopath and an awful person, and he said most climate deniers are sociopaths, which is, you know, criminal behavior, Who people who don't uh, have any empathy or care how, <laughs> how much damage they inflict upon other people. Yeah, well, there you go, because people who don't wear masks are more likely to be sociopaths. I mean, where do they get these? Oh, there you go. A Brazilian study has claimed that. So be a nice little compliant minion that acquiesces to this absolute medical tyranny. But, you know, this matches our criminalistic behavior. You know, three hots in a cot at The Hague with the war criminals is where climate deniers should be. Rolling Stone called you a climate killer. You've been a climate criminal. Look at the Paris Accord. What were you? The climate du criminel. (laughs) The climate criminal of the um, during the UN Paris uh, agreement in 2015, all over the streets of Paris, they plastered my face the day before my movie came out. And I actually posed on the urine-soaked, filthy streets of Paris next to some of the pictures that were posted up of me out there. But interestingly enough, climate denier, climate criminal, that's passe, Sheila. The new phrase is climate arsonist. You are an arsonist. And this has been around. I mean, Naomi Klein has used it from Canada. And now Joe Biden has picked it up and is running with it. The climate arsonist. You're a climate arsonist if you don't support the Green New Deal. Well, and it goes into what Naomi Oreskes on the science of climate change says. Those who deny COVID and climate change, notice how they're all linking in COVID and climate change. Notice that pattern? Yes, they're trying. Yeah, because they think they have most of the public scared, which they do. So they're saying, look, you're scared of this virus, which could kill you. And it's the same thing. You should be scared of climate and the same evil deniers are against this. I mean, they're, and by the way, I mean, she's right in the sense that all the global warming skeptics I know are horrified at what's happened with COVID-19. In fact, my favorite graphic is COVID-19 is continuing to mutate and it shows it as the, you know, the, the symbol for COVID-19. COVID-19, the biological thing, and then it morphs into the hammer and sickle of the USSR. It's morphing into COVID-1984. I mean, this is, it's a catch-all excuse to have unelected bureaucrats controlling every aspect of our lives on a level that climate activists never even envisioned. Hence my apology for ever believing that the climate solutions were the greatest threat to liberty. They're not. Viral fears are the greatest threat to our liberty. Yeah, well said, well said. And of course, Newsom declared he had no patience for climate change deniers. He said, you know, the BS that's being spewed by a very small group of people. And of course, this headline, the way the Globe and Mail puts it, California Governor confronts Trump on global warming. Oh, confronts him. Okay. But notice Newsom, Biden and others, they don't talk about forest management or failed electrical grid or the buildup of wood fuel or arson or pyrotechnics or anything like that, of course. It's crickets chirping on that. No, they don't talk about the actual practical things. Even if Biden was correct and global warming had caused all this, does he actually believe that voting, I mean, I can't believe I even have to say this, that 
that voting in the November election would have on any timescale affect fires? Like you're going to pass a Green New Deal that's going to... You could pass 100 Green New Deals, zero out U.S. emissions, and it wouldn't even affect global CO2 emissions, let alone, uh, you know, global temperature. So it's just, it's nuts. Biden's speech was filled with one absolutely... And the fascinating thing is you could disprove every claim, all, every lie that he said about climate could be disproved with the their own Bible, the UN Climate Report, because buried in their reports, they go through every, they were forced to admit every extreme weather event is not increasing, is not getting worse. And you could go through everything Biden said and cite the United Nations, which is, again, their holy script against them. And they would be, you know, you could debunk them. But I don't even know that it's worth debunking them because no one in the, you know, no one in the non-mainstream media really cares. They just laugh it off. And on Biden's side, they all just eat it up. So I don't know if there's anyone even in the middle anymore on this stuff. And frankly, if anyone in the middle who falls for that, I don't even want to spend the time trying to educate him because if they're that gullible, then they deserve Biden and our country deserves Biden and they deserve believing that elections can alter the climate and weather. It's all about obedience. You know, I was in Las Vegas for this meeting. It's the first you know, airline trip I'd taken since COVID. I was in the only independently run casino outside, you know, in the, in the gaming commission, the, the casino gaming commission was cracking down on mask use in this casino. Now I went to the other ones which run the casino gaming, all the all the major ones on the strip, other casinos, they weren't enforcing this. I went through without a mask everywhere, no one even said anything. And I found out later the reason was is because they run the show, they have they're the big conglomerate and the reason they're cracking down on the independents is that's their competition and they can just crush them at their whim. And we're just finding out today that Yelp, the app that monitors, you know, all the restaurants and hotels nearby, 60% of all restaurants that have closed are closed permanently due to lockdowns now. Yeah. So if your favorite local restaurant is closed, the likelihood is over 50% that it's not reopening. This has been massive destruction. So they're using these COVID and they do the same with climate regulations as a way to, to beat the industries that they don't like and want. Now, Interestingly enough, Jim Cramer, who, by the way, just recently called Nancy Pelosi crazy Nancy to her face and then apologized and realized he sort of said it out loud. But anyway, Jim Cramer of MSNBC, CNBC, the business channel, said that the COVID lockdowns have created the largest transfer of wealth from the poor and middle class to the wealthy in the history of our country. And if you look at the stock of Walmart, Facebook, all the big corporations who stayed open, remember, the virus apparently was deadly in churches and mom and pop shops and movie theaters and all that, but it was perfectly fine in Costco and Walmart and, uh, you know, Home Depot. You were fine to go there because, and your food, you can't go in a restaurant because you would die of the virus, but the food <laughs> that the restaurant you go pick up is completely, you know, fine. There's no virus in that whatsoever. So my point is this was a way to re-engineer society. We already have the, the World Health Organization. We also have the World Economic Forum out of Davos. The head of it actually just came out now and said we are seeking a great reset, a green reset, basically, of the economy. And they're basically using this as an opportunity. You don't let a crisis go to waste. And in this case, the crisis was not the virus. The crisis was our reaction to the virus. And they want to rebuild in a progressive, socialist, green manner. And I don't see anyone in their way to stop them at this point. I mean, if President Trump wins, great. We might get a four-year reprieve in the United States, but you know I don't know that that's going to be any kind of permanence. And I think that we are looking at rebuilding now in a green way. 
because there's so many forces that have been waiting decades for this moment. Absolutely agree. And there's a new headline up at CBC News, of course, the Canadian propaganda spinners. Why your reduced carbon footprint from lockdown won't slow climate change. Every headline is, you know, COVID lockdown will have a negligible impact on climate. The long-term effects on climate change. Get your vaccine. Get your slick billy eugenicist Gates wants a vaccine. I mean, is this, you know, I pictured like UN blue hats kicking indoors, but not even a shot fired with this this virus. Isn't that frightening, though, really? Uh, yes. I mean, this, again, this has so changed everything we've ever thought about politics, uh, the threats to our liberty. I mean, this is the most, in my lifetime, this exceeds, in terms of how it's going to impact everyday Americans, it's it's in terms of its impact, both either positive or negative, the lockdowns and the whole reaction to this virus is bigger than 9-11. Yeah. It's bigger than uh, what other big events have we had? I mean, I, I, I can't even think. I mean, you have to go back to the civil rights movement of the 60s and then, you know, Vietnam War. I mean, this is on the level of those and just in terms of American culture, the hit this was because nothing ever in the history of America for this long, either. I mean, there were quarantines during the Spanish flu, and you know, but they may have lasted maybe a week, a couple weeks, or something. Maybe a month at the. I mean, there was just nothing, and there were, and there, if there were, they were regional, citywide. We didn't have national and international lockdowns like we have now. But the idea of restricting people, I did, you know, down to you know, weddings, funerals, backyard barbecues, and all that is just insane. And even going after college kids in college in New York City right now, four hundred kids are locked down in a dorm. Not because they're dropping dead or because they're sick, but because they test positive from a test that even the New York Times acknowledges doesn't even tell you whether you have COVID. I mean, there's so many. And the thing is, and here's the key is so you don't sound like a conspiracy person. So you can avoid that. Just quote the major news sources. You can just use the New York Times sourcing here. You can use Fauci's own words. My favorite idea here is don't blow when the next lockdown comes. You can have a bumper sticker that says, don't blame me. I didn't vote for Fauci because that's what's come. That's what it's come to. We have unelected health bureaucrats telling us. And then the worst part is President Trump still does not get it, at least rhetorically. He's still saying that he saved millions of lives based on the Neil Ferguson discredited COVID model. Right. And then President Trump is talking about a vaccine by November. I mean, why would we need a vaccine for something that car accidents kill more people under the age of 60? You know, I mean, this is just it, it, there's no reason unless you have major life comorbidity or extremely old would that you'd even consider it because this is not a threat to the general public. The only threat are the solutions, the lockdowns and which delayed cancer treatment, mental health issues, suicide, delayed cardiac care, delayed hip operations, old people immobile, lack of socialization. There is easily the deaths from lockdowns, and I have studies that in Europe that can confirm this, are, are going to be higher than any potential viral death from this. I mean, this is the greatest destruction. And I did a special report, Sheila, about how the Greens are lusting after the COVID response. They are so jealous. They want climate lockdowns just like the COVID lockdowns. And that is everyone from John Kerry to Al Gore to Greta Thunberg to UN officials. I have a whole page of quotes from all the climate activists just praising the lockdowns, marveling at them, and saying this is what we should be doing for climate. In fact, my movie, Climate Hustle 2, opens with those quotes. It opens with me ripping a face mask off and saying that if you love the COVID lockdowns, you're going to love the climate lockdowns. 
Wow. Well, I mean, hey, Mother Nature finally gets to breathe. You know, maybe we'll flatten the curve. Because, hey, after all, Bill Gates said if we do a really good job with new vaccines, we could lower the population by at least 15%. I mean, this is the... This is the insidious underbelly of these depopulationists, and it all really ties together. And I'm glad you mentioned Climate Hustle 2, Rise of the Climate Monarchy. It's finally here, the debut of the groundbreaking new film, streaming live to all parts of the globe next week. Talk about it. Take some time and get into this for us. We don't want to miss this. Well, okay. The film is a very... If you remember, our 2016 film dealt with the science of climate change. We went through the scientists, the intimidation, all the scientists who reconsidered the evidence. We had Nobel Prize winning scientists. We had former UN scientists. We went through the extreme weather claims. We went through all the wacky claims. This time around, we're going for the why, the agenda behind climate change. And all of our reviews, this movie is, you know, in all of our test audiences is rating much higher than the first one because I think people, you know, you don't, you don't have to worry about getting you know any you know, too much science presentation in this film. We do do an update on the science since our last movie, but we go into the UN agenda, what's behind the Green New Deal, and the rise of the climate monarchy. We explain, and the movie opens with me at Louis the Fourteenth Versailles Palace in France. And I'm talking about how this is how we're now doing this. Remember what I just said earlier about the COVID lockdowns, where the largest transfer of wealth from the poor and middle class to the wealthy and to the elite in the history of our country. That's going to Jim Cramer, the CNBC business guy. What the climate monarchy is all about is exactly that. They're going to be imposing austerity and rules and regulations and crushing the masses, if you will, they call it the masses. Well, they themselves live a lifestyle of opulence. You know, the UN chief himself admitted that he lived at 30,000 feet. He was frequently flying all over the place. They have multiple homes. The Davos people who want the great green socialist reset, they fly in on their, uh, in their private jets and, and meet in yachts every, every January at these meetings. They're not the ones that are going to be following this. So in many ways, the people setting the agenda here for the climate and imposing the draconian rules on the rest of us are like the royalty of old running absolute monarchy. So that's where we get the climate monarchy from. We also do 1984 parallels in here, and there's some creepy. We've got the old Edmund O'Brien early 1950s film on 1984, George Orwell, and we have some great scenes in there which people will realize, you know, the lights are going out, you do your work for the party, we're all in this together, where have you heard that before? So through all that, but basically we have a lot of fun at their expense. We have a whole section just devastating on Hollywood hypocrisy. (laughs) And this isn't just climate skeptics making fun of Al Gore, Leonardo DiCaprio. We have Hollywood liberals making fun of Al Gore, Leonardo DiCaprio, and other actors. We went through the archives. I went through all these archives of E! Entertainment Television and all the, the View and all these other shows. And we even have the liberal hosts making fun and saying how this isn't right, you know, seeing Leonardo DiCaprio on yachts with women while he's out supposedly campaigning to stop climate change. We have a whole thing on climate change has become a religion, a whole section, uh, the deep green, deep ecology movement. We have Harrison Ford in there saying that he found in nature a kind of God. And he talks about how basically you know, the God of climate and environment has replaced a God of the, of the Bible. 
for himself. So we go through that. Then we go through the indoctrination of kids in Climate Hustle too. We go through and we show what they're being taught in school. We show the, the lawsuits elementary school kids have been recruited to do. We have one little girl who must be sixth grade and she's like, we're going to put Donald Trump as a climate denier and we're going to go to court and prove it. And the idea is they're going to court to impose the Green New Deal through the court system. Before you laugh that off, remember, most of the left's agenda has been imposed through the court system because they can't get it through democracy. So the idea is by not passing the Green New Deal and or signing on to the UN Paris Agreement, we're endangering these elementary school kids' future. Believe me, there's plenty of judges that are going to go along with that. And I'm not so sure about the Supreme Court anymore. I'm sure John Roberts will be happy to go along with imposing the Green New Deal to ensure kids' safety from the climate in the future. So that's the, the basis. Then we go into the wacky solutions of climate. We actually have the professor from NYU who wants to shrink human beings, genetically alter them. Yeah. They want to put a meat patch on humans like a nick patch so we so meat won't taste good so we'll stop eating it we go through the renewable energy mandates we go through the un paris agreement and what a farce it is we go through the tipping points with aoc and the green new deal you'll be thoroughly ready to completely give up on life by the time this movie's <laughs> over but but we do have an optimistic ending the fight for freedom where we lay out what needs to be done to fight this well, and the exciting part, too, it's narrated by Hollywood actor Kevin Sorbo. I yes. want to make sure people don't miss this premiere. Tell people where they can get their tickets right now, Mark. Thank you, Sheila. Yeah, you go to climatehustle2.com, either the number two or the word two, climatehustle2.com. It's September 24th. It's a rolling international global release. So wherever you are, if it's New Zealand, Africa, Europe, or South America, at eight o'clock in the evening, your local time, the movie will roll out on September 24th and you can go there and buy a buy your ticket the one night is exclusive content we're going to have Q&A with actor Kevin Sorbo of Hercules fame and we're going to have a mini AOC a panel discussion with John Stossel and then after that initial September 24th 8 p.m. rollout we're going to have the movie available on on demand and DVD so you go to climatehustle2.com and get all the information this movie is exactly what you need right before election day and and the timing is just working out perfectly because we got all the nuttiness with Biden uh, going off on the wildfires and we have this election basically being a referendum on the green new deal absolutely the timing couldn't be more perfect again folks you can purchase a ticket right now i've got the link below and view the opening event september 24th right from the comfort of your home. Is the DVD going to be available? Do you know an ETA on that? Yeah, I believe it's available the next day, like September 25th. You can start ordering. Oh, I mean, wow. There might even be pre-order right now. I was told we might do a pre-order, but they wouldn't ship until after the movie airs. Well, I know I've got mine and folks get this. The reviews are in and this is going to be something not to miss, especially we're only how many days away from this election of just, it's like Twilight Zone. Do you, do you feel that way going into this election? I I do. And because of COVID, because of the lack of polling in person that's going to be happening, I do. I think it was some group. I think they're on to something. I think it's very possible election night, Donald Trump could be up dramatically. But then 10 days later, when all the mail-in ballots are counted, Joe Biden could be declared the winner. So I, I just don't know. I think the election is 50-50. I, I will not make any prediction on it. I have no idea what's going to happen. Well, I'm telling you, this year has, I think I want my refund back on 2020, Mark. Yeah. 
but <laughs> but, go, yeah. but in any event, I'm going to tell you guys, if you do not also have Mark's book, it's one of my favorite books. I recommend this to everyone. The Politically Incorrect Guide to Climate Change. It's a must get and lock in your tickets today, folks. Climate Hustle 2, Rise of the Climate Monarchy. The information is up on your screen. Mark, it's always a pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much for coming on, sir. Thank you so much, Sheila. Appreciate it. Folks, that was Mark Morano. You can bookmark his website, climatedepot.com. It is up on your screen there. And of course, get your ticket for the premiere of Climate Hustle 2, September 24th, 8 p.m. your local time. The link is down in the description. Again, narrated by actor Kevin Sorbo. He's one of our favorites. You do not want to miss this. And get yourself a copy of Mark's book. Again, one of my favorites. That information is up on your screen as well as the link is in the description below. I hope you enjoyed the program today. We will see you in a couple days. Thanks for tuning in. God bless you.